Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of Chip Chats. On this week's episode, we have my lovely friend David, and David is probably one of the most inspirational people I know. He's got quite the story and has had quite the battle in his short life, to be honest. Um, I really think you guys will like this episode. We talked a lot about weight loss, how to lose weight, um, motivation, how to change that mindset, things like that. We had a lot of good conversations just about weight loss in general that I really think you will appreciate. And, uh, you know, David's going to come on in the future as well. So we can have another episode about body dysmorphia, which is something that we both battle and have talked about a lot. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. And without further ado, we'll get it started. Um, But as always, if you have any comments or questions that you want to send my way, please do at Chip Chat on Instagram. And for uh, David, you can reach out to him at at Illusionist121. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get to it. Hey, David, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm pretty good, you know, doing my thing. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to have you here. (laughs) So let's start off with my uh, ever so loving question. The question that I ask everyone (laughs) in very serious answer right away. (laughs) If you were a type of chip, what chip would you be and why? I would be a chocolate chip. A chocolate chip. Why a chocolate chip? Um, I like to think I'm quite sweet. I mean, that's quite a cheesy answer, I know, but... <laughs> I oh, love well. it. It's <laughs> a good way to cast, I guess. Chocolate chips always make me laugh because they look like tiny little poops. And I guess that kind of makes me like a little immature inside, but I just, yeah, I find potty humor in anything, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to fuck, I don't look like a tiny little poop, but, but well, we'll go with that. I don't think you're a tiny little poop. I, I think the whole, I'm a little sweet sounds better. It's <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just the humor side of the things. I, I think you're humorous <laughs> in a good way, not a bad way. I need to clarify that. <laughs> It's all good. So I want to start off by just having you kind of dig into your story about your journey, because I know you've been at both ends of the spectrum about being underweight and overweight. So I want to kind of give you the floor to introduce yourself, tell people what's happened in your life, and uh, maybe even give your Instagram page a little shout out. (laughs) Sure thing. Okay. Um, So about... Five years ago, um, probably a, maybe a little bit more. No, probably, yeah, five years ago. Sorry. Um, I was underweight and I didn't realize I was underweight. So actually before that, I was overweight. I've always kind of yo-yoed, if I'm quite honest. And I started getting more healthy. I was in a relationship and I was biking around loads and suddenly weight just started coming off, which is great. Um <laughs> I went to the doctors. I found out I was underweight, and I was like, oh, that's not good. It's not good at all. So yeah. I kind of ate more junk food, I guess, or just more food in general, and stopped biking so much. I think the thing is I'd, I'd become too fit, if that's a thing, right? Like, I'd become too kind of conscious of, I don't know. I'd always had it in my head that I was quite fat. So I think yeah. that... 
it was only when I heard that I was underweight that I was like, okay, let's sort this out. Um, so yeah, I got to a healthy weight, and then I think it was I was like ten stone something, and I was like, okay, this is all good. Um, and then fast forward, um, the relationship kind of ended. Uh, I went through a few personal things, um, and that brings me to a few years back, really, where my mum had passed away when I was fifteen, so I was getting some inheritance money, yeah. and I kind of went crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got severely depressed. I don't know what, like, I don't really know what caused it, but I got really depressed and. I wasn't happy with the money, and I was spending it all on junk food, takeaways, taxis, you know, to take me from place to place. Like, it was, I used it to enable a really unhealthy lifestyle. So, before you know it, it's like, oh, I've gained, I was nine and a half stone, you know, and I'd gone up to like 10 stone, you know, kind of evened out kind of to a healthy weight, right? Um. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I went to the doctors, and the doctor was like, "Oh, you're, you've gained a bit of weight." I was like, "Yeah, a little bit, maybe." And she was like, "Well, you're now, you know, fourteen stone seven pounds. It's like you're now obese." And and I was like, "Wow, right." And and the thing is, I I have to kind of preface this by saying, and I, I want to make this clear, you know, there'll be people that are listening to this that might be a little bit heavier or a lot heavier and than the 14 stone seven pounds. And what I want to say is, you know, I haven't got a viewpoint on, you know, a negative viewpoint on anyone that's overweight or obese. But for me personally, to go from underweight to to that weight was like, wow, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Anybody, any reasonable person who goes from one drastic to the other, right? That would be yeah. a hard thing to wrap around your, your head around regardless and be a lot, to, a lot to battle mentally too, especially when you're battling depression, whether it be from your mother passing yeah. away or uh, personal reasons or the breakup or what have you, to be holding that and also have this drastic change suddenly seem to suddenly appear in your life. Because I know for me, it, it did seem like, Yes, it came over time and it had to do with months and months and months of overeating and eating bad food for me and stuff like that. Um, It did like no matter what, when you first notice that you hit that obese checkpoint, it's like it seems like it just hits you out of nowhere. Right. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. As a problem. And then all of a sudden you're like, when the heck did that happen? exactly exactly (laughs) and that's the thing like i had not been to the doctors since the nine and a half stone so when i say oh i I was like 10 stone that was it's all speculation right it was kind of like i mean i could have got i might have been less than nine and a half i mean i i don't think i was but but like you know after i'd been weighed i might have lost a bit more weight but in my head i thought well i've gained i've gained a bit i'm not biking as much i'm not walking as much but but so so between the way myself at the doctors because i i didn't have scales at the time at home so it was just a case of one day i was at the doctors getting weighed i was nine and a half you know 
a long period of time of not leaving my house and then I go to the doctors, step on the scales. Oh, you're 14 and a half. It's like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I've, I've gained five stones since the last time I walked through the door, you know. Like, what happened? <laughs> um, now, we've talked a bit about this. I, I just, you've mentioned it now. Um, and this is a big reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I do think that your story is really inspirational to others. And, you know, we've had chats about this in the past about how you've been um, stuck at home, that you had sort of a, not, I'm maybe saying fear is the wrong word, but have not wanted to be out in the open. Um, do yeah. you remember when that turning point happened and what kind of sparked that? Um, I do really. I mean, a lot of it was reflection on the weight gain, I think, to be honest. Um, so even though I was struggling with, which I mean, I don't know whether I should say depression at that point, but like when I first got the money, I mean, like I said, I was eating junk food and all of that. But the thing is, I was still, I went to America, I went to Paris, I went to Berlin, you know, and Obviously, those are in France and Germany <laughs> to clarify that my geography is not horrendous. Um, you know, so I went, I traveled around a bit and it was fine. Like I was, I wasn't trapped in my home at the beginning, right? Yeah. But I remember America was the last place I went. And I remember looking in the mirror and being like, oh my God, <laughs> like I am massive, right? Like, and and at least massive comparatively to what I was before. It's like, wow. And yeah, what happened? <laughs> that, yeah. And it was like, yeah, exactly. And, and it was, I just looked in the mirror and I didn't see the same person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I, to me personally, I had gained so much weight that I, I didn't recognize my features at all. My face mm-hmm. looked like I had eaten like, 20 kilos of peanuts with a peanut allergy right it's like it was blown out i had stretch marks all around the side of my belly you know um it was like like almost like skin tears near my armpits like like my body had just ballooned and from that moment onwards it was like i'm gonna get on the flight home and i'm never leaving my house again and i kind of committed to that for a while you know so I think that was the big turning point when I literally, not even metaphorically, but I literally looked in the mirror, you know, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I don't like this. And, you know, like, yeah. I think I think that's a pretty common reaction. Like, I, I too remember at one point when I got to my biggest, essentially, looking in the mirror and being like, whoa like I'm so wide when did I get so wide and just like like you looking at the stretch marks all over I had and I still do have stretch marks in my armpits too same from the weight distributing over there and I remember uh looking and never really thinking that my arms or my legs looked fat and then looking in the mirror and seeing the stretch marks and being like oh is this worse than I'm I'm seeing like I right. am I lying to myself like what and you kind of get into this loop of and it, it's quite sad really that when we get to a bigger weight we look in the mirror and we look at ourselves in complete disgust that we have this opinion of ourselves instead of looking at ourselves and being genuinely worried about what's to come in our health and our things like that 
looking in the mirror and just seeing the outside, right? Just seeing what we what we look like and having that affect us in such a drastic way. Because I do remember once I got to that highest weight, I remember really secluding myself from my friends and no longer hanging out with them as much and no longer going out as much. And it cycled the depression and made the depression worse because we all know we're human and we need companionship, mm-hmm. right? So um, what was it like living and being... Like you, you said you recluded yourself. You you became a recluse essentially, and stayed kept yourself in your house alone. Yeah, which probably my assumption is made a big impact on your mental health as well. Yeah, um, what was it like? Yeah, what was it like being stuck in in that moment and being coming back home and then just staying? <laughs> uh, so I mean, it was. It's the kind of stereotypical thing of falling into comfort eating, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that kind of, I hate the fact that I'm fat, but I get my comfort from eating because I can't go out. Like it was that substitute for a social life and a, an active life or just even a life, to be honest, you know? And it was a case of, I'm not happy. I'm really depressed, but hey, sugar is going to fix this and cheesy chips are going to fix this. And, like pizza's gonna fix this, right? And so I would and this is something that I'm sure we'll speak about at some point. I know we've spoke about personally, but you know, on our private calls or whatever before, <laughs> is that you know, you get in that cycle where you do something like, you know, you eat a load of food because you feel crap. And then you feel crap for eating the load of food, and then you're like man, I'm going to eat more crap, and you end up in that cycle. And I think that's the thing, right, is that I felt like shit. I felt like shit, and I felt, you know, isolated. I didn't want anyone to see me whilst I was, quote, like this. But then I realized that all I was doing was... Right, and it was like, but David, you're not going to not be like this if you eat loads of pizza. You're going to be worse, right? (laughs) It's like, so I kind of... I think there was a lot of it was, and at first, you know, I think the big thing for me was, you know, people had seen me before the trip to America, right? They'd seen me a week ago. You know what I mean? Like before that moment where I was like, I'm not in my house. And I want to kind of reference something that Jordan Shrinks actually once said, which was um, kind of like that denial stage where you're like, you're like, I'm not going to eat around people. Or I'm not going to, like people, I don't know, you kind of kid yourself, right? And you go, well, people people don't really know I'm fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, it's kind of like, if I don't, if I eat a normal portion of food around people, you know, and then it's like, oh, I don't know why I'm, why I'm so big. Like, like this kind of, I don't know. Yeah, like it was weird because before the mirror incident, I was perfectly fine. And I was like, well, people don't care and I don't care and everything's fine and I'm not even that big and then the day after the mirror it's like oh god no one can see me I mean they've yeah. seen me a few days ago but they can never see me like this even though I was like this a few days ago you know it's like so, all of a your brain catches up and it's like hey <laughs> right. yeah. yeah exactly because to me it was you know to me it was I'm skinny one day and then the next day it's like I'm massive I remember like it's funny because as you're saying this like certain memories are just being recalled into my mind and I remember I had this one friend um who I won't name but she uh 
the one day we were sitting there having a conversation and I used to do this thing where, you know, at home I would binge eat and go crazy in the dark and you get into this spiral, like you said, where you just kind of give up, right? You're like, I had a bad day. I can't control myself. So I guess this is how it's going to be. And you right. get into this cycle where you just like, I'm just going to keep giving in because it's hard to not give in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the rare occasions where I would go out with my friends, I would choose like super healthy options because I was ashamed and scared that these people were going to look at me and be like, I can't believe she's eating that. Doesn't she know she's fat kind of thing. And I remember sitting there with my friend the one day and she looks at me and she's like, you know, we were talking about someone else who had gained a bit of weight. Cause she was, she was always like very conscious of like she was one of the skinnier people I knew and was very conscious and would make comments around which we me which I'm sure was her trying to get me to reach out but um she'd make comments around me being like um you know I so and so has gained weight and I really wish that I could help her and you know I would help her make a plan and blah 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 and she would try and be really motivational. And I'm sure it was her way of getting me to open up and be like, Hey, you should give me that too. But I never did. I never took it. Cause I was just like, yeah, totally. She's the worst. Right. Yeah. <laughs> even then she would make comments to me being like, you know, even you could give her advice because you do eat pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and it was true for the most part around everyone else. I would eat lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, lots of whatever. Right. It was afterwards and drinking entire jugs of juice and sitting there with bags of chips and bags of candy and bags <laughs> of candy. Whatever, eating it like crazy and giving into everything. And um, yeah. then it also causes you to have money issues in the same point because that stuff is expensive. It's not oh, cheap. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I actually I worked out how much I spent in that one year yeah. um, through budgeting. So, I don't know if I should convert it. I mean, for anyone, because obviously I don't know who's, I mean, people will be listening from all over. So, but in pounds, it was, I think, just shy of 4,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. And that was like, I think, I'm trying to think of what the conversion exchange is, but oh, that's going to bother me. So, like $6,000. $6,000. Hold on. I'm whipping open my computer so I can answer. But yeah, it was something like three thousand nine hundred something. So let's see, convert one pound to one Canadian. <laughs> so for every pound, it's a dollar seventy-five Canadian. Right. So almost double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see myself spending probably about that same amount. Yeah. Of junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like, it was, you know, it was like 20 pounds or like 30, $30 Canadian, whatever it is. Right. And then it's like, that was daily, you know, for like the snacks and stuff. And then I would have like a 10 pound pizza at nighttime. And this was every night for hundreds of nights, you know, so for like 200 nights in a row of takeaways. Yep. You know, and that's the that's another thing I want to press on is that how did I not see that right? Like, how did I not? Well, how even was then I not real to myself? Going, David, if you eat two hundred takeaways in a row, you're probably gonna gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I would have these like not necessarily daydreams, but it would be like these 
these thoughts in my mind where I picture my body. I remember doing this, like walking through my school or whatever and picture how I must look to everyone else. And in my mind, it would be like, I was a toothpick. Like I would never think of myself as walking around all like roly poly oly. I always just thought of myself as like a normal human. <laughs> and, and the same thing too, right? Like I, how I never picked or never figured out. I think, I think we can't like, we know that it's true. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, you just block it out because you don't want to deal with reality. Right. Like definitely, definitely. Well, I think also not only that, I mean, we have this annoying thing that we seem to do, which is compare ourselves to everyone else. Right. And mm-hmm. I realized for a long period of time, it, it wasn't about me trying to be the best version of myself I can be. It was me going, well, yeah, but someone else is bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's someone smaller, there's someone bigger. So I'm average. So the average weight or like the, yeah. the healthy middle weight, right? Like the 25 BMI rate or whatever. It's like that, that wasn't my goal. My goal was to not be 400 pounds and to not yeah. be like 120. It was like, exactly. I'm still somewhere in the middle. It's like, how many times I turned to my friend and was like, tell me if I ever get as bad as that person. Right. I'm like, I'm probably only like 30 pounds away from that person. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then the thing is, if you get to that person, you're like, well, yeah, I'm like, whatever, but I'm not that person. So. At least I'm not on 600-pound life. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's the thing. And then you get filmed for, like, 500-pound life, and you're like, well, I'm not on the 600-pound life, so it's not that bad. Yeah, it's like we have this this internal thing that we just cause ourselves to self-sabotage and not, not like... Oh, like just close your eyes to it and not think about it. And it takes a lot to get to that point where you realize how much damage you've actually done and take control over it. And that's a big thing I talk about, which I'm yeah. sure you know about taking control of the situation and really yeah. choosing what's hard. Um, because, you know, my biggest thing with being overweight was sitting there thinking, well, losing weight is too difficult. I can't, stop myself from eating these things. I can't make this change. I can't live without sugar. I can't, I can't, I can't. And just being like, it's too hard. So it's never going to happen. Sure. And I think so that's too- the thing, isn't it? Like you, if yeah. you tell yourself that constantly, you're never going to change, right? It's like okay. that. I mean, I don't want to get, I'm not going to get political. That's not what this is about, but I hear it all the time in the world, you know, people say to each other, like, you can't do this because you're this. You can't do this because you're that. Or I can't do this because I'm this. I'm not mm-hmm. that, so I can't do this. And, and like, that's all bullshit. Right? Like, excuse the language, like, we are human beings. Yes, we have different kind of things, like there's biological determinism or whatever, right? Like, we are different humans, right? Like, men and women are different. Like, tall people and short people can probably do different things. But ultimately, like, human beings have the capacity to do pretty much the same things. It's like, if you work really hard, why can't you get somewhere? Like, why can't you achieve a certain goal? You know? And I think a lot of it is because people yo-yo diet or they try different morning things and they don't work. And and I see it all the time. I'm sure you do this. I'm sure maybe you've experienced it too. It's like, you think, well, I can't do it because I haven't done it. Right. Like I, 
Mm-hmm. I haven't done it, so that's poof. And and I hate that. Like one of my friends, they will I won't I won't name names, but they will try and eat really healthy and they won't lose the weight as fast as they would like to. Sometimes they might even gain like a pound or two, right? Which both me and you know, water fluctuation, <laughs> right? Like weight fluctuation throughout the day and stuff. Oh, that yeah. could be the sign of that. But like or salt attention, any of that stuff. But they don't think that. They think, oh, I'm eating healthy and I'm still gaining weight. And then mm-hmm. they go, so, and then what happens is they stop eating healthy and then they go back to the Pringles and the Oreos. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if the salad isn't going to make you lose weight, you don't think that the Oreos and Pringles are like going to be better than the salad, do you? Like, like <laughs> there needs to be a point where it's like, okay if a certain diet isn't working as much as you would like it to work, you need to focus on maybe changing that diet in another positive way. But what I see all the time is people will kind of, they're all or nothing. They're kind of Pringles and Oreos or they're like fruits and salads. And For sure. Brown rice, and I think, you know. Yeah. And I think that mostly comes down to your comfort zones, right? Like we, we tend to get into this, this mode of comfort where, you know, changing it is going to be difficult and I'm okay where I'm at. And we fall into this delusion that, you know, I'm not losing as fast as I want to. So it's not ever going to happen. Um, it took, it took a lot for me to, I, for me personally to change that mindset and be able to make that shift. And I did go through a lot of yo-yo diets and things. And I, we talk, we've talked about this in the past and I talk about it a lot as well about, you know, going from when you follow some sort of diet plan, you're expecting a result because other people who have been successful in this diet plan have gotten such and such results. So there comes the comparison, right? So you start trying this diet and within like a week you're feeling okay maybe maybe you've dropped a couple pounds maybe you've dropped a lot of pounds depending on how your body has reacted to this particular diet because we're all different and we're all going to react differently um and then you have a slip up and the scale goes up a little bit and all of a sudden you have this i'm out of my comfort zone and i'm failing right off the bat give in and give up and you go back to that comfort zone. Cause obviously this diet doesn't work. And a big part of losing weight is realizing that you are going to go up and down and your body is going to fluctuate as it adjusts to this new lifestyle. And I think, or I find that a lot of these diets that we play into, we jump full force into, right. And then it all like kind of explodes in your face versus taking control of your body and figuring out what does and what doesn't work for your body and sitting there and, you know, continuously trying at it and realizing that yes, the scale has maybe fluctuated a little bit, but I still have this, I'm still doing it. I'm still making the movements. So eventually I'll get to that point. And it's a lot, a lot of people I think don't realize that. Right. So um, for you, what was your, turning point in which you left that comfort zone you left because mm-hmm. i know when we first started talking you were very secluded in your house and you had groceries delivered and there was a lot of um a lot of times that we had very long discussions on how you were going to get out of your comfort zone and make that change do you remember when you started to really take control of your life again? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I realized that. So, how I went about it, and in the moment I realized it was literally seeing and being real with myself, you know, and saying, "Look, I'm gonna sit here and complain, right? And I'm gonna complain and complain. I'm gonna eat and I'm gonna eat and be like, it's not working. Nothing's working." But the thing, I think, the big switchover for me, and this comes into what we were just talking about with food, is the thing is with dieting. And I, I will kind of address what, what you've just asked, I promise. But like, the thing is with dieting is that we, when we jump head first into a diet, a lot of the times we, we are, like you said, like we're, we're completely changing our diet sometimes, right? It's like we're going from absolute junk into like usually calorie restricted to some extent. It's normally food that we don't even like that much. Well, yeah. It's like wearing your carbs in your hand <laughs> right. it's like you need to cut carbs and just eat like vegetables and chickpeas and it's like i've never had a chickpea until like a year ago you know it's like but we do that and the big turning point for me is instead of looking at looking at it in what's super good for me uh, it was looking at it as post in like regards to what's really bad for me right so that's how i changed at least my diet was uh, and the lifestyle it was well what's really not good well i tell you what's not good not leaving your house for months right <laughs> and not you know eating and not i don't know and just eating loads of junk and, and all of that stuff so for me it was okay well i'm gonna not take the taxi to my sister's house right because even though that was a comfort zone I realized that by living in that comfort zone, it's the same thing in life completely. I mean, nearly every philosopher has ever said the same thing, right? Pretty much pointed to the fact that the biggest progression in your life is coming out of your comfort zone, right? That's where most of the things that are positive or that will ever happen in your life that's positive is about coming out of your comfort zone, you know? And I think for me, the biggest thing is I looked at all the bad things and I stopped them. I didn't jump mm-hmm. into all, you know, I didn't jump into biking. I didn't jump into walking miles and miles a day. I just looked at the things that were causing the weight gain. I looked at the things that were making me really depressed and really bad, like feeling really low. And I stopped them, you know, and I looked mm-hmm. at the alternatives. And with, as far as dieting goes, you know, I looked, I stopped fizzy drinks and I switched them for sparkling water and lemon. Like, I like lemonade. So, what I would do, I would have lemon, like sparkling water, and I would squeeze some lemon juice in there, like from a lemon. Mm-hmm. And there you go, I have lemonade, right? I took out, um, I would eat a lot of sweets with like, you know, like wine gums or like jelly gums with like fruity gums and stuff like that. I would have fruit. I would have grapes. <laughs> like, and I know that sounds so kind of, I've, and I know how this sounds to a lot of people because I've been that person that's like, it's not the same food. It's not the same thing, right? You can't substitute, you know, whatever for whatever. It's like I substitute pe- um, Snickers bars for dates yeah. with peanut butter, right? <laughs> um, Maybe like some perfect solution right off the bat, but eventually your body you know, it adjusts and your taste buds mm-hmm. adjust and taste sweeter yeah. and then you're 
Yeah, things oh, are definitely. great. Yeah, and that's another thing, right, that you've said about yeah. is that things take time, right? Like, I hated salad. I would literally heave and be like, the thought of salad. And now I eat a lot of salad. And the only reason for that is because after a couple of weeks, like, the taste buds just completely, you know, change. Oh, yeah. And I think a big a big key to it, too, like, the difference between my weight loss this time and all the other trial and failed attempts that I had mm-hmm. is not going in it head first and doing it all at right. once. Right. Yeah. When I, when I first started this journey, the difference now this time between all the other times is one, I didn't try to jump into fitness and weight loss at the same time, which I think is a, a big flaw that we have that we somehow gotten this idea into our heads that if we want to lose weight we need to work out and mm-hmm. i lost over 70 pounds without ever stepping foot into a gym yeah, right i've never i've never worked out personally like genuinely yeah. i've never been in the gym i've only yeah. started this week biking and that's a very small amount like it's like 20 minutes of biking mm-hmm. a day you know I, when it comes down to it, you know, you'll hear every once in a while you hear someone say like you know weight loss happens in the kitchen and fitness happens in right. the gym and that- that was something I always like kind of scoffed at and laughed at a little bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you have to have both of them. You can't just yeah. blah, 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 blah. But then it, it's true. It's completely yeah. 100% it, it true is. because, you know, yes, you're burning calories in the gym, but it's not really equating to anything other than the fact that you're building muscle. You're toning your body underneath all that fat. It's not really not necessarily not helping you, but it's not, you know, it's not what's making you lose weight. If you're going to eat five Big Macs and go on the treadmill for five hours to try and burn off the calories. Okay, fine. But yeah. your body is not getting the fuel it needs to be able to make the positive changes it needs to. Right. Like, Definitely. do you want me oh. to, um, so this might be an easier way to respond to the, to what you just asked in a way. Or at least okay. the diet side of things. Um, if I read out a message I sent to one of my friends, like obviously I won't say who it is. I won't <laughs> give any context. But it's a message I sent and it was quite long. I won't take forever reading it. But it was pretty in-depth. And I feel like it's something that, I don't know, might be kind of useful in, in answering how I, like my personal change. Oh, okay, I might take like 10 seconds, so I'm sorry for everyone that <laughs> has to sit there for like a whole 10 seconds in silence. But <laughs> I promise it was. <laughs> it's okay. We, we've done this now twice where I've looked up currency details. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, are you able to hear me? Yep. Okay. Awesome. So Everything this is good. what I sent back. I sent this message. I put important thing is to not go over your day and look at the things you eat that are find a healthier alternative. Then, after some time, reduce some. Oh, hold on, David. You're cutting out. You're cutting. I genuinely believe this. Although I say it. David. David. I can't hear you. You're cutting out like crazy. Hello? (laughs) 
Can anybody hear me? <laughs> the podcast complications, they are real. <laughs> Sometimes this happens, you know, we just make it work. We fly with it. I don't edit these things, as we all know. So right now, David could still be talking. I have no idea. Can you hear me yet, David? Can you hear me? I can start yes, hearing can you. Hear me? I can hear you now. You're coming through. Yes. Woo. <laughs> Okay, so that didn't go to plan. Maybe I should just stay on the anchor. <laughs> Pretty much. You started talking and then it went all robot and I did not hear a single thing you said. So maybe a recap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. So pretty much, I, this was something that I'd set my plan to do. And they were kind of coming back to me, being, you know, with like, this is what I've done and this is what I've done this month. Yeah. So it was pretty much a case of, Instead of jumping in the deep end, look at a single thing that you can change for a month. Just one little thing. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, it was fizzy drinks. It yep. was like, that's it. Just yep. Cut out fizzy drinks. And now I say to people, don't, I normally don't say to people, just drastically cut things out because I realize that that can lead to dangerous mindsets, you know, disordered yep. eating patterns, all of that. But as far as fizzy drinks are concerned, now, if you can substitute that for like fizzy water and something else, right, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But for the most part, if there is one thing I say to everyone is cut out fizzy drinks. Mm -hmm. If you're going to cut down, that's perfectly fine. Make sure. Okay. Cutting down is a massive, great change to make. But if you can cut fizzy drinks out, weight will just shred off. Like that is the number one thing. You know, it's funny you say that because um, when I first started, I kind of did the same thing too. Like with this actual journey that stuck and was legit, um, I I kind of sat down one day, evaluated what I was eating and said, where is my biggest issue? And my biggest Mm -hmm. issue was not pop. It was juice, which a lot of people don't recognize this, but juice holds just as much calories as pop, if not more times um and i was drinking jugs upon jugs of juice every day so my first step in my weight loss was not to change all the junk and food i was eating though i did it did come along with it i did start to wean it out more and more as the time went on um but my main goal at the beginning was just eliminating the amount of juice that i was consuming and replacing it with water so what I would do is I would drink water all throughout the day. And then when it came to dinner time, I would have one small glass. And what I mean by small is like not even a full can of pop, not even like, yeah. like a tiny little glass that I would just casually sip through dinner. Probably like a normal serving glass, right? <laughs> like a half a cup of juice, like not very sure. much juice, right? And yeah. uh, maybe a cup, maybe. Um, yeah then I would get, I would still get that sweet that I was craving, that juice that I was really wanting. So it wasn't so bad of a sugar withdrawal, but then I wasn't overindulging in it. And I was making sure like I left it to the end of the day because then it was like that treat, right? I got through the whole day. I can have my little cup of juice and everything is fine and golden. And in that first month of cutting out juice, I lost 20 pounds. it's crazy right it's because the amount of liquid calories and stuff like juice you know oh yeah that's the thing for a lot of people honestly you know a lot of people actually drink more calories than they eat they just don't Mm -hmm. realize it right so if you're a guy or a girl that's eating 
say like 2000, you might be eating like 2000 calories, but you might be drinking 2000 calories. It's like, yep. if you cut out the drinking part, well, not, I'm not saying don't drink. <laughs> if you cut out the drinking terrible drinks part, then you'll be fine. You know, for some people, it really is just a case. I, I have a friend, a personal friend that they eat really, really healthy. I mean, really healthy. But they drink Coca-Cola every single day and they drink like four or five cans. And I'm like, that's why you're gaining weight. Because they don't realize it. They're like, I'm gaining weight and I don't know why. And Mm -hmm. they went to the doctors. There was no thyroid problems. There was nothing wrong with their bloods necessarily. But their blood pressure was a bit high. But But for the most part, you can tell it's the fizzy drinks, right? Like they would crash. They would be energetic and then they would fall asleep at 2 p.m. Their eyes would just mm-hmm. look like zombies, you know, and it's like they eat super healthy, but they're filling themselves with so much sugar. That- it's funny too, because it we lie to ourselves so much, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I, I was guilty of this too. And I have countless conversations with people who come up to me and they're like, oh, you lost a bunch of weight. How did you lose that weight? And I'm like, well, I mostly did it from cutting out processed sugars. And they look at me and they're like, well, that's not my issue because I, I don't really have desserts or sweets. And I'm like, sure. You don't realize where sugar isn't everything. Hiding. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's 1,600 names for sugar. It hides in everything. Right. Like, it's essentially, pretty much anything in the middle of your grocery store aisle mm-hmm. has sugar in it. Like, even milk has sugar in it. Like, everything has sugar in it. So even if you're not really big on eating, there's something in your diet I guarantee is that is holding a lot of sugar that you're that you just don't realize or that you're lying to yourself and just not looking at. Like that was the thing. I was eating all that junk. It wasn't necessarily that I was looking at the back of it and lying to myself. I was just refusing to look at lying to myself in a whole different way. Yeah, it's crazy. And and also you know these industries they know right they know like if you're having fruit juice. You know, the amount of people that have fruit juice and think this is fruit, you know, it's purely fructose. It's absolutely fine. Like this is natural sugars. and all. No, it's not. Right. And not only is it not, you know, the, when you have juice, you're stripping all of the fiber, you know, so. You oh, are yeah, you strip all the good things of fruit and right. you're just like that. That was one of the biggest moments for me, too. And my realization is when I watched that sugar coated documentary and mm-hmm. changed everything and how I looked at everything um that i often talk about one of the things they clicked on or they cued into was talking about juice and i very much like i drank all that juice because i believed you know it's not that bad for me it's just like fruit squished up right like whatever Um, in reality the way that they do it is they essentially like dehydrate the fruit make it into a white powder aka sugar processed sugar and put it back in so it's juice from concentrate because it came Mm -hmm. from a but it's still sugar. Like that's still how they make regular white sugar. They just break down the sugar cane. Like. Right. It's crazy. And even that, you know, I mean, I know there's still scientific debate on this. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm studied. I've studied nutrition. So, but I don't want people to think, oh, he knows what he's talking about. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, you can have too much fruit as well. And I've realized that. Like you really can. Even though fruit is healthier, much healthier, and it gives you so much nutrients, so much vitamins and stuff. You, you can actually have too much fruit as well, you know, so mm-hmm. people people don't realize that too, but but yeah, a lot of the, sugar is everywhere, right, and 
you know, as once again, just tapping on the slight bit of political stuff, right? Is that I'm I'm the kind of guy that says, screw the government, right? Like companies should be able to do what they want, right? It's down to us to make a decision and all of that. But yep. yeah, when you look at all this kind of corporatist world, well, actually, can we, we, you know, I've realized recently, especially with some of the things that I'm sure we'll cover soon with the dysmorphia and stuff, right? And like, I'll go to the supermarket and I hate it because I can't make a, I seemingly can't actually make like a positive decision because it's like you're either choosing between high fat or high sugar. Like there hardly any products in the supermarket are both low fat, low sugar, high fiber, like, like, or no sweeteners, right? It's like, it's crazy. I honestly think we've gotten to a point in this world where we are just so overly confused about what's good and what isn't good that we are stuck in this, like, that's just another reason why we're stuck in this comfort zone because we're like, this is too confusing. I can't figure it out. So yeah. it's too hard. Well, that's give up. where they, you know, that's where these companies get you, right? I mean, I don't want to bring too much veganism in this, but that's what that's kind of a vegan argument as well, right? Is that these companies that all they have to do is they don't even have to lie to you; they just have to make you question everything, right? Because if you're going, oh, I don't know whether it's sugar that's bad or fat. But here's the thing: it doesn't matter what you think, really, because ultimately, something that is low. It. This is what I found. Too much sugar is bad. Too much fat is bad. They are both bad. This isn't a thing between, you know, oh, fat's the bad thing or sugar's the bad thing. Ultimately, they are both bad for you. If you're having something that's high in loads of sunflower oil and stuff like that, you know, potato chips, all of that, that's bad for you. If you have stuff that's laden with salt, that's terrible for you. If you have things that have loads of sugar, that's really bad for you too. If you have things that are low sugar but have sweeteners like steviol and you know things like that, that's terrible too. Like, like that's when we come into the conversations with people where they're like, you know, everything's bad for you. Everything's going to cause cancer. Right. Okay, sure, but you know, the best, most conscious decision you can sure. make just shop and make things from scratch yourself. Yes. And yeah, that's, that's the thing. The worst thing for you, which includes all of those things, is processed food. If a food's been processed, it's bad. Right. And I, just, I want to take a moment to address this. Um, we are not trained professionals. This is from experience. Sure. You've had yeah. a bit of nutrition, sure. But for me, it's mostly been from experience and watching countless amounts of documentaries and yeah. reading articles to help further me in my journey so but, then, uh, but, you, but you know what here's the thing though here's the thing right is focusing mm-hmm. on what you know is bad that's mm-hmm. the big changing point for me it wasn't yeah. i don't even now today i'll hand my, hold my hands up i might give some kind of like right the second right i might give an opinion based on my personal experience on what is good i mm-hmm. no one really does anyone really know what good is but the thing is I know what's bad and so do you, right? So I might not be able to say, well, fruit is inherently good or fruit is inherently bad. Well, I tell you one thing, if you eat an orange, that's a lot healthier for you than a chocolate bar. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that's the thing is people seem to be like, well, the amount of people I know that come to me that they're not trained and they're overweight and they're not happy in in their journey. And that's, you know, I'm not judging them. But I would tell people, oh, I'm having some, 
like brown rice tonight with some peppers and some mushrooms, you know? And and they're going to be like, oh, mushrooms are actually bad for you. Brown rice is actually bad for you. Peppers are actually bad for you, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, sure, but it's better than like some processed chicken product with ingredients I can't pronounce. And so that's how I do it personally, is I look at what is terrible, objectively terrible for my health. Mm-hmm. And then I make better decisions than that you know what i mean because no matter what yeah you're right the misinformation or just the the confusion you know everything is bad for you right it's like you can't have you can't have this because it's bad you can't have that because it's bad it's like how can why don't we just stop having coca-cola and pringles Mm -hmm. and oreos and like tootsie rolls and you know pastries and like oh not necessarily stop i need to i need to like say not necessarily stop right because that's not helping either but mm-hmm. but why don't we stop kind of i don't know like like why don't we just look at things that are terrible for our health and cut them down you mm-hmm. know and yeah. and if we do that then we'll lose weight every one of us you know because there's nothing that there's so many things that we all eat on a day-to-day basis that are just terrible for us truthfully you know and i think that's the thing that that was my first step was going well i don't know what's really really healthy but i know what's really really unhealthy and i i know that's the thing that's making me ill and making me really unhealthy and really overweight and it's like i'm just gonna stop eating that or cut back on that and from doing that, like you said, with a juice, it's like that they're the things that you see the difference in. You know, if yeah. you're substituting white rice for brown rice, let's be honest, that's not the change that's going to make you see the massive difference. The change okay. that's going to make you see the massive difference is actually eating the eating damn rice. You know what I mean? Instead of like, you know, something that no one can pronounce, you know? Yeah. I think that's. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, totally makes sense 100 and you know it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in, in a way too because because we're in a world that's so fueled by greed the more mm-hmm. of us that get turned on to the fact that we can be making healthier cho- choices and we can make a difference and we can mm-hmm. fight and win against all this processed garbage the more yeah. these companies are going to push the processed garbage down our throats, right? Like the more advertisements you're going to see, the difference between TV ads now versus TV ads 10 years ago yeah. is insane because it, we are, we are, we are a world run by money. And as soon as mm-hmm. we start making that change and yeah. putting food into our bodies, the, the sooner the companies are going to realize, Hey, my sales are going down. How am I going to fix this? Well, exactly exactly i've i had the same discussion for all of these things and that's you know i mean it's absolutely true these companies you know they only exist because we buy into them that's it right and once we all become a bit more health conscious and we all make more conscious decisions now the thing the thing that i have challenged myself with that stance is that actually a lot of these foods at this point, you know, and this is why a lot of people are really overweight is because I, I, I have to admit there is a point I've been there where you think how much choice do I actually have? Right. You know, like, is this really a choice? You know, I, I, like I said, like you're choosing, if you're choosing between something that's really unhealthy because of one reason and or you're choosing another thing that's really unhealthy because of another reason, because like we said, high fat, high sugar, you know, 
high so high amounts of salt, you know, sweeteners and crazy chemical names that we can't pronounce, preservatives, additives, you know, e numbers, like like these foods, everything's got everything in it. Right, that's the thing. And like you said, the only way you can really stay away from that is just eat real food. That's my advice. That my free word advice to anyone looking to lose weight. If they genuinely want the the simplest answer, even even probably more simple than less calories, right? Is like eat real food. Because ultimately, it doesn't even matter how much of it you eat, really and truthfully. I don't know anyone that's got really obese because they've eaten like a kilogram of broccoli. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like eat real food. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, stay away from processed food. Stay away from names that you can't pronounce on, on the ingredients list. You know, and and that's it. Like, yeah. it really is. It really is that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not easy, right? It's not easy, no. and it takes some time. Yeah. You know, and it will take at least a couple of weeks. It will take at least a couple of weeks from, I mean, you know this, like I know this. Stay away from the sugar, guys, right? Stay away. And if you can stay away from the sugar and the fats for like, and when I say fats, I don't mean healthy fats. You can eat healthy fats. You can have a bit of avocado, right? You can have (laughs) some nuts. But if you stay away from like the Lay's potato chips or (laughs) we call them right if you stay away from the pringles for like two weeks trust me your taste buds will change that craving will go away especially with the sugar after a while if you're having fruit for like two weeks if you just say no more cookies i'm just gonna have fruit for like two three weeks yeah you're fine you're you are fine, right? Like those cravings will go. I even want that to be, and that was a big thing too. When I when I did start cutting out the juice and minimalizing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I would just sit down at dinner with water and completely forget to go get my glass of juice because it, right. it was no longer my focus. And now it's at the point where, like, I usually don't drink any juice or pop ever. Yeah. <laughs> I right, don't exactly. Pop it anymore, right? Yeah. So there because, is. Uh, um now touch on body dysmorphia there for a second but i i do want to have an entirely different episode where we really dive into it because we've had a lot of conversations about body dysmorphia we've both had a lot of struggles with it so i think that another episode with you strictly talking about body dysmorphia would definitely uh a thing that I want to happen in the near future. Um, We won't dive into it too deep, but all in all, now that you've come to this realization and pulled yourself out of that space and out of that recluse, um, how much have you lost now? Um, So I've lost like 60 pounds, um, which pretty much, I guess, depending on what I truly weighed, you know, when I said at the beginning, when I gained a bit of weight, and I was like, this is a healthy weight, I, I pretty much gained, I pretty much lost what I gained. So, you know, yes, I started off at nine and a half stone, but I don't have to get back to nine and a half stone. I have to keep telling myself this every day, because in my head, I want to be nine and a half stone. But truthfully, my bloods are perfect. Everything's perfect. I'm a healthy weight now, right? So... I don't want to say I'm at the end of my journey or the end of, you know, like, or that I've reached my goal, but 
but yeah, I've lost, I think is it 62 pounds? That's awesome. Sometimes that goes back up. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it goes down, right? And me and you were speaking about this, you know, I said about, do I, we both said about like, do we change up our profile? Like every, every time we gain like three, four pounds, it's like, oh no, do we have to put that in there? It's like, no, I don't. I don't personally, because you can gain a few pounds and lose a few pounds from just taking a pee. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah. I got there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, and it, it does. You know, it, it does play a lot into your body dysmorphia to see the scale fluctuate and go up and down. You know, mm-hmm. total from my highest, I've gotten down. 118 pounds but right now i'm probably sitting at like only 116 pounds lost like i i did lose them last week regaining and regrasping my diet and getting back on track because vacation always you know whips you out of it you, more out, you do eat more junk you do you're more relaxed about things um, and it very much can affect your body dysmorphia when you look and you see the scale go up and you look in the mirror and you see something that is not necessarily yeah. there um, so real quick, your number one tip for um, weighing yourself, body dysmorphia, that whole thing, go for it. My number one tip for the dysmorphia? Yeah. Um, diving too deep into it because we're going to have sure. a body dysmorphia. So. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, God, I wish I knew. <laughs> I'm still, a, I mean, for, for, for full um, transparency, and obviously I'll bring this up next time, I'm still struggling with it, right? Like the weight loss is, is something that, I'm not really struggling with as much because, you know, I'm quite happy with where I'm at. I'm not, I haven't really gained or lost much in the last, you know, two months. It's always been the same thing. Like, but as far as the dysmorphia, yeah, I'm still really struggling with it. I mean, I message you sometimes, you know, practically tears, but my biggest advice would be, you know, don't, don't listen to the mirror. Like, or don't, do you know what I mean? Like, don't take your, don't, how do I word this? Don't measure don't measure like don't measure your personal worth up against what you see in a mirror. Because and that's not even just the dysmorphia, right? That's the same with someone that doesn't have dysmorphia that's a couple hundred pounds overweight or or ten or twenty or fifty. That's for all of the people listening today, right? It's like your personal worth has has nothing to do with what you see in the mirror, right? And and ultimately I think that if you if you're constantly looking in the mirror for validation on who you are as a person or or what you've achieved as a person, I think that I don't know. I think that's wrong. I think that's dangerous. It's it's not healthy, you know. Yeah. So look at how far you've come, and that doesn't mean necessarily look at how much weight you've lost or how skinny you look. Just look at all you've achieved because I'm sure you'll agree with this, you know. The biggest thing, the, the most positive changes I've made in my life, the positive things that have changed, the weight loss is not even one of them. It's not. It's all the things and all the skills and and all the things I've learned throughout losing weight, right? Like, yeah. like wow, my belly's a little bit smaller now. Like, that's not the positive. That's not actually the positive change in my life, the positive change is how I see myself, you know, the fact that I've actually achieved something, right? The fact that I've learned loads, the fact that I'm, I feel like I'm a better person now than I was, like a better me, a better version of myself now than I was 
when I was 207 pounds, but that's not because I've, I'm now lighter. That's not the reason why, you know? So, yeah. Very much, very much agree with it. Like looking back at my weight loss and from who I was 270 pounds ago, my greatest achievement is not the fact that I've lost all that weight. My greatest achievement is the fact that I've had so many amazing conversations with so many people to help push them to be better themselves as well. That has really been my defining moment that has made me a lot happier, has brought me out a lot more, has made me just a better person in general to see how I can affect people by making better choices for myself and being a happier person myself too, right? yeah and how and how how you've affected yourself right as well like you're clearly a lot more driven now you know you're clearly a lot more improved you know what i mean determined and all of that (laughs) yeah totally um anyway uh we are coming up on our time here so i guess this is the (laughs) moment for you to uh give out your your handle and where people can reach you and what you want from this kind of deal so this is your your go for it <laughs> okay um you can reach me on instagram at illusionist 121 mm-hmm. um i'm pretty much there for anyone to speak to uh i don't really <laughs> you know i'm not a professional i'm not gonna tell people you know i mean i'm slightly opinionated but i think we all are especially when you've lost loads of weight you think oh i know what but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, like i'm there for support I'm, I'm, there. I'm happy to talk to anyone. I'm happy. And also, you know, mostly I want people to talk to you because I want to learn, right? I want to learn other people's experiences and their success or their, their you know, whatever, right? Like, I just want to hit me up. <laughs> Everyone hit me up because I'm, I'm really excited. You know, I've met Chelsea and spoke to her for the last, what, year or whatever, right? So I'm, I'm just excited to meet other great people too and support them and have you know make some more friends i don't know but yeah illusionist one to one awesome well thanks so much for coming on david it was a blast talking to you as always <laughs> and i look forward to having you on in the future to talk about body dysmorphia <laughs> excited <laughs> doesn't seem like a thing to be excited about but yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. my favorite topic <laughs> All right, well i'll talk to you on thanks again Awesome. Thank you for having me. No problem. Talk to you later. Bye.